Welcome to Talk Nation Radio, a half-hour discussion of politics as if the people mattered. I'm David Swanson. This week on Talk Nation Radio, a successful recent campaign to prevent the construction of a new military base in the mountains in Europe. Our guest, Pablo Dominguez, is an eco-anthropologist of the commons, especially centered on pastoral commons of the Mediterranean mountains. He mostly focuses on the ecological and sociocultural holistic understanding of their functioning, at the same time doing research about and for action in favor of the natural and cultural values of such systems. Pablo Dominguez, welcome to Talk Nation Radio. Hello, thank you very much for inviting me in. Thank you for coming on and for what you've been doing. I want to just start very briefly with, with Montenegro, which I think has been a member of NATO since about 2017. Uh, for people who don't know much about geography, uh, where is Montenegro and what kind of a place is it? Well, this is a little, very little country in the Balkan Peninsula. It's an old republic of uh, the ex-Yugoslavia that disintegrated in the, in the 1990s and uh, broke up in several uh, pieces. So this is one of the of the, of the republics that composed Yugoslavia before. It's just in front of Italy, and you know we're talking of a nation of six hundred thousand people, more or less. So little country trying to enter the European Union with who it's in top uh, for adhesion and makes part already of uh, NATO since two thousand seventeen. Yeah, I think it's a right across from Bari in southern Italy, um, and it's and it's and it's very rural, yeah, right? Exactly. It's, it's not uh, it's it's not all paved and developed as they call it. It's it's mountains and and forests, right? It's uh, in fact very impressive because not many people know about it, but uh, it's extremely mountainous, uh, and in fact, the whole chain of the, what we call the Dinaric Alps that goes all the way along the coast from the real, like, famous Alps in Austria. It runs down the coast, the, the, the Dalmatian coast, the Adriatic, you know, it's, it goes parallel to the, to the Adriatic Sea in the Mediterranean, all the way down to Albania. So it crosses through all the republics, and it's extremely mountainous. It's, it's, uh, it's an extreme geography, um, very, very uh, deep canyons. you got the Tara River Canyon, which is the deepest canyon in Europe and maybe the second in the world after the Great Canyon. Uh, in Colorado, so uh, it's really impressive nature. It's uh, a very uh, difficult access, especially northern Montenegro, where all these mountains go through. And yeah, it's really exceptional, uh, beautiful rivers. At the same time, that it's just so unknown. And, and so, what happened there recently? Well, the 5 September 2019, the government of Montenegro, you know, passed a decree inaugurating an artillery training ground on a grassland called Sinjavinja. It's in the north of Montenegro, and, and, and it's uh, the greatest uh, grassland mountain pasture in the Balkans and one of the greatest in Europe. And so Montenegro is a little country, but beats uh, plenty of records in terms of deep canyons and big pasture lands. Uh, and, well, uh, it's not very populated, so, you know, NATO, I think, saw uh, an opportunity uh, there to develop uh, uh, collaboration with uh, 
with the state of Montenegro uh, military training ground and testing uh, weapon testing ground, where the 27th of September, uh, U.S. Uh, forces with Italian, Austrian, Slovenian, and North Macedonian that uh, a little after, six months after, uh, joined the NATO too, uh, inaugurated uh, uh, at, at a military ground, uh, dropping about half million tons of, uh, uh, sorry, not half million tons, half ton of explosives in an area where there were still uh, uh, grazing animals in the area uh, and the people, pastoralists, were not really consulted uh, regarding this, this project in an area which is surrounded by by uh, uh, UNESCO World Heritage Sites and uh, and uh, within, uh, this bombing happened within the the military training within the biosphere reserve of the Tara Canyon, um, um, that, as I said, is the deepest in Europe. So uh, without any um, uh, impact uh, assessment in terms of environment, health, or economic, social impact. So it's pretty, it was pretty astonishing. Uh, this was happening at the same time that uh, uh, Montenegro's candidate to uh, the European Union, where things are done very differently, and and there are people who who live and and move around here with herds of grazing animals, right? Oh yeah, definitely. There's a like over twenty two two thousand people who live in Kinyavinia's lower land, and to which you know all this uh, would be affecting uh, indirectly through uh, water flows, uh, um, blockade of roads with the military uh, movements in the area, uh, and then most directly on 250 pastoralist families that use these highland pastures, and uh, of which they directly depend their livelihoods on. You know, We must remember also that Tignanya uh, represents, as I said, the greatest pastoralist in the Balkans, and it's a several millennia long legacy of uh, sustainable and biologically enriching pastoralism that has, in fact, co-built the biodiversity we find there today. So meaning that uh, without pastoralism, the pastures we have today and the unique landscapes we have would not be there. So we need those 250 pastoralist families up there doing the work, doing the con- the, practicing the economy and, and, and living the, the life they've been uh, practicing, having generations after generations, which is a non-intensive farming of these pasture lands in order to preserve this uh, biological and and landscape jewel of Europe, it, it, while, while of course bombing it and, and having um, uh, military trainings in between while they're pasturing is not gonna is, is not compatible. And and what happened? Uh, people didn't just lie down and accept it, right? Yeah, that's right. In fact, um, the, the, the defense minister announced that project uh, of military ground, and uh, protesters, uh, you know, started to to appear uh, among the local communities, who very quickly uh, found among uh, Montenegrin society a strong um, a strong support in the sense that the the, the um, situation was such a universal uh, David against Goliath kind of thing 
that was easy to empathize with these people who, you know, are among the most humble uh, citizens of of uh, Montenegro, uh, big workers, fighters for for their 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 animals, their land. Uh, they, I mean, there's a history behind, you know, that. Uh, the Sinyavinia is divided between eight tribes uh, traditionally, and you know um, they they fought for these lands uh, against the the Turks in the 19th century. Uh, members of the, for example, Bela Pavlic uh, uh, died for this, uh, this for having the right to pasture in this land, and this is something you know it's just five generations ago. It's very alive in the in the oral history. And, uh, you know, they see now uh, how the government of Montenegro is taking their rights away when, at the time, they were prized by King Nicola of, uh, of, the, of, uh, of the Montenegro for their, their quest and their heroicity. So they suddenly feel betrayed, of course, uh, through, this, through this turn of things. And uh, everybody could understand the... The situation of of of, uh, of a powerless capacity to oppose not only the, the Montenegrin army but the whole NATO that's wanting to take their traditional land. So basically, uh, people started to come up when they found out that a second training was going to come in place, and they decided to set up a, a, a protest camp in the heart of the of the military ground in the in the highlands almost 2,000 meters high, where they, at the same time, worked with different national organizations that tried to to give voice to what was going on in Montenegro, because, strangely enough, uh, nothing of this was coming out in the European press. So a signature campaign came up by Land Rights Now, especially leading it, uh, along with uh, crowdfunding that, of course, I can... Uh, uh, share uh, with you later. Uh, you can post it uh, online. There's two links that, that can be a way to help these people. Um, and basically, uh, they resisted. They resisted uh, even under sub-zero uh, temperatures that started to come in in late October, November. And basically, they almost resisted two months up there working as human shields. Uh, against this uh, this training that was being planned, so militaries were not able to finally drop a single bomb or shoot a single bullet up there while people were installed. So it was pretty interesting as a as a process in the sense that there was a snowball effect. Just a, a few a few uh, people decided just to you know put themselves up there. By like any cost, this is not going to go. This is not going to happen. I put my body in front, and then people just you know empathized with this. Started coming up, and there was at one point there was 150 people uh, camped up there, and with numbers varying uh, along the two months of resistance. But basically, it helped. It 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 made uh, it made the the military. Uh, stop their plan and allow for a new government to come in uh, in the fourth of December, if I'm if I remember well. And uh, after some elections that uh, made a strong turn 
in power equilibriums in Montenegro that were held in uh, September, uh, sorry, uh, late, uh, late August. And basically that made the new uh, Ministry of the Defense, uh, who belongs to the party URA, who has recently joined the European Green, to come out on the, on the public life and state that the military ground is going to be evaluated. So that was the biggest uh, historical uh, uh, achievement for these people who had seen themselves uh, going uh, into a, a military ground uh, without any um, uh, questioning, without any possibility to to, to reject uh, legally, there had been even a, a 3,000 signature petition for the parliament to take into account the debate about the case, which was directly ignored by the previous government. So, so really, there were uh, the hopes were low, and this turn of the situation, even if uh, there is no decree um, canceling officially uh, the inauguration of the camp of the training ground. Uh, there is hopes that the new government uh, is going to have a very different approach to to Sinjavinja, and um, and that uh, it's going to be promoted as a as a as a as a land of uh, communities and uh, sustainable development in respect of nature and local. So let's say that things have turned out in a way that uh, there are hopes now for. The, the promotion and the, and the support of, of all these uh, families living up there and, and conserving through their practices the, the fabulous ecosystems that we have in Sinjavinja. It's an incredible story, Pablo Dominguez. We will indeed put links up at talknationradio.org for more information. The The name the, the, of this movement and this location, uh, it looks like Sinjajevina, but how do you pronounce it? Yeah, no, nobody's easy with it unless you're, you're Montenegrin. It took me about a year to pronounce it well. It's uh, Sinjajevina. So, Sinjajevina. Uh, the J... Uh, yeah, so the J uh, they pronounce it like a Y, and, mm-hmm. and even 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 more difficult because the Sinjavinja is so big, you know, uh, it can make almost six hundred square kilometers uh, if you go all around it. And uh, on the east part they call it in one way, and the western part they call it a bit differently. So some people say Sinjavinja, others say Sinjajevina. So yeah, it's not easy, but it's beautiful, I'm sure. And this this training that they did have without uh, consulting any of the local people that that started this movement that's now gotten uh, the, the base construction and future trainings uh, canceled. I hope the, this involved a number of countries, right? United States, Austria, Slovenia, Italy, North Macedonia. Uh, who who was behind this? Who who made this decision? Yeah. So I mean. Um you know, it's, it's difficult to say because there's great uh, uh, ob- obscurity around the military in any country. So, you know, it's maybe the most obscure institution uh, a country can have, the, the military. You're not going to know much uh, about it uh, unless you make part of it, which uh, the people 
fighting to say Sinyavinya don't, but let's say that uh, the idea is that, you know, in, in June 2017, Montenegro abandoned the, the policy of military neutrality and officially joined NATO, right? So the curious thing is that uh, just one year later, uh, we started hearing in March 2018 the first unofficial news about the plans for a military ground uh, in Sinyavinya, you know? So it's like, whoa, okay, so just like a few months after, uh, you, you know, you join and then nobody ever spoke about this. And then the, the, the rumors start coming up. And then in the, uh, in, the, in the year 2019, the intentions are officially announced. And on September 5th, uh, a decree is, is run, uh, uh, inaugurating officially, uh, like uh, with, uh, with uh, let's say, uh, the presence of the troops that you mentioned, the 27th of September. So everything runs very fast. There's no consultations practically. Uh, there's no acceptations for debate in the in the parliament, even if it's uh, even if it's uh, you know it's legally binding to uh, to uh, accept a petition for debate. So obviously the the script was was written uh, in advance. Uh, you know, there's somebody who really wants this territory for uh, for um, military purposes, and we got to remember that. Uh, uh, the 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 Montenegro army. It is a, a very small army of uh, barely two thousand four hundred soldiers, and they have already uh, military bases and military ground. So this very extensive uh, military ground in Sinjavinja, which was initially proposed at the size of twenty five thousand hectares, which is two hundred fifty kilometers, which is like two I don't know two times the size of Paris, maybe. Uh, uh, then 10,000 hectares and 7,500. Uh, embarrassingly enough, nobody really knows its size and limits while it, you know, it has already been inaugurated. That's also what is astonishing. So it, it, it's been officially inaugurated and people don't even know if they're in or their farm is inside or outside of the military ground. Um, so it, there was obviously a rush to get this through. Uh, nobody knows very well why. But it's very possible that Montenegro and Sinjavinja's position on Europe's southeastern flank at the very frontier of Russian and Western influences is seen as a strategic by NATO and then perhaps also the European Union, of which Montenegro is not yet a member, as I was saying, but a candidate, and therefore puts it in a position that, takes, that, that makes you know, Montenegro much more vulnerable to pressure. So, I mean, this looks like, in fact, uh, not a coincidence that just one year later, after joining NATO, Montenegro decides to factually dispossess its people from their land to create a huge military training area for such a small army. At the same time, that uh, uh, you know, inaugurated with NATO allies, who you know, the NATO Secretary General Jens Stoltenberg, uh, in the full middle of the crisis in October, with the protests going on in Sinjavinja, insisted publicly on things like armed forces must carry out military exercise in Montenegro in respect of, of nature, but, you know, he insisted that, you know, the, the things like these are needed, or that, like, for example, countries under the protection of NATO, want to con if they want to continue to be so protected by NATO, they must accept the presence of NATO and its military needs. So basically, you know, this all makes one thing that NATO really wants this territory, which is clearly a geostrategic bonbon for, a, for an organization like that. Then after, there's no how to say, proof, document, uh, anything being published 
where NATO is asking for this. But the rush and the way everything was done just sounds suspicious. And of course, you know, in the inauguration, with such key uh, members of NATO being present, uh, and the ministers of defense, for example, that of Slovenia, uh, informing that this is an excellent training ground, or the Austrian, one of the Austrian top people in the concerning uh, Austrian membership to NATO, uh, informing the, the need to go on training in the area, shows the strong support from NATO allies to developing this there. So let's say that, uh, you know, connecting the dots, one can see uh, where things could be coming from. It seems, it seems to me, Pablo Dominguez, that resistance to military base construction and expansion is not at all uncommon in Europe or the rest of the world, uh, but successes are pretty uncommon. I, I know the Czech Republic had success in preventing a base, but uh, Italy, Germany, most of Europe, the, the U.S. military and NATO simply announce new bases and proceed and succeed with putting them in despite incredible public opposition but success a group of of people in the mountains with non-violent action defeating nato the biggest violent force on earth you would think that that would be big news that that would be a major news story how much how much media attention has it gotten so that is what we're trying to figure out uh, also through you know uh a research program where we're, we're talking about communicating uh, living heritage of uplands in Europe, financed by the European Union, uh, where something as big as this going on uh, surprises that, uh, us that, you know, it's not come up in, uh, in, in, in more media in the sense that uh, we're concerned in this, in this project about communicating this living heritage. And, you know, we're interested on going on newspapers and local and national radio programs and so on to tell these wonders that are things that we got to protect, conserve, promote, uh, help uh, uh, continue, enhance. And uh, when it comes to Sinevina, curiously, we saw how uh, the press, of course, in Montenegro and nearby countries, especially Serbia, was very prolific, uh, meaning that there was like hundreds of articles coming out. Even in Russia, we found uh, things coming out, while in the West, it was terribly ignored, to the point that we've only been aware of uh, one text that has been published in The Ecologist, very general, and then the other uh, two or three uh, out there in the European press were, were written by myself. And finally, one came out uh, recently, Mongabai, very interesting uh, journal um, text published by John Cannon that uh, we hope will we'll let other journalists on uh, the West start um, wishing to inform about the case because this is happening in a country that is a candidate to, to the European Union. This could be a country very soon that is part of the Union, and these things in the Union are not going on. So how is it that European journalists, nobody's wanting to look at this, uh, what is happening, um, while on the you know, Serbian press and on the Russian press, 
where Montenegro is not candidating to join, it's all over the place. So something's wrong in in, in the West. Uh, you know, uh, European yeah. Union has kept also pretty silent about it, and they know what was going on uh, for years, and they 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 know that this is something that's not exactly right. But nothing, no politicians, no um, functioners, no journalists, nobody seems to be talking about something that one would not expect in the very borders of the European Union. You know, these are things that we hear in, in that happen in like further away countries, you know, uh, with weak democracies, low participation of citizens, uh, where autocratic rule dominates and corrupted governments uh, are free and set direction of things as they want, but not in not so near to the European Union. Right. So that's what is striking that that, that the press is really not yet understanding the relevance of the of of what's going on here, which is at the end a clash at the border between between NATO and and uh, uh, probably Russian Russian uh, influences uh, uh, on the on the east. You know, you know, NATO's expanding eastward permanently since the fall of the. Right. The Berlin Wall, and I mean, why isn't anybody looking at this? And and also the environmental impact of it, and the dispossession of lands, and the and the and the rights that are being stepped on. I don't know. Surprises me, and we are all asking each other uh, uh, how this could get you know further, further uh, into the public uh, knowledge. Uh, I'm sure European citizens wouldn't like it at all if they found out about it. <laughs> I, I think, you know, we have just a couple of minutes left, Pablo Dominguez. So I think people look back at history and they see European powers coming over here to North America, where I am, and bringing guns and cities and progress. And they look back and they question whether everything was actually uh, done the way it should have been done. But today, in this moment, you have the European powers going into uh, a land where people are living sustainably, who ought to be teaching others how to live and bringing progress and military bases uh and and nobody pays attention has you know has there been any any progress over the past centuries yeah but one would like to think that that there is i mean i i really believe that uh, even if these huge powers that are above most of our reach uh can be can be countered through bottom-up approaches where society stands together uh, in the understanding of uh, what is right and what is wrong. And and what's happening in Sinyavinia is something so basic, something so simple to understand that it's just uh, people just need to know what happened there. And once they'll know, I think there's a big, big European and international movement that can raise uh, asking for things to be done well, I mean, it just—it's impossible that people can't understand that you cannot declare a training ground in the middle of a biosphere reserve of the UNESCO, you know, uh, in a place surrounded by national parks, which is uh, one of the most uh, uh, outstanding landscapes in in, in Balkans and in, in Europe. So, uh, with people making the among the best. The, the most gorgeous products that many times are unknown to external society, but they're 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 jewels that still to be developed, 
Yeah. There are families living there for, for centuries. So, you see, people just need to know about this. There's also a documentary going on, very interesting, by Petr Glomesic and Billionaire Tutorov. They hope will come out in... In, uh, in some time in about a year or a bit more maybe be sure to let us know we yes. will have to leave it there thank you very very much for coming on talk nation thank radio you very much this is talk nation radio i'm david swanson take action at rootsaction.org help end war at worldbeyondwar.org read or listen to today's peace almanac entry at peacealmanac.org all past shows can be heard at talknationradio.org talk nation radio is produced in Charlottesville, Virginia, and syndicated by Pacifica Network. If you are listening to a nonprofit station, please support that station. Talk Nation Radio is supported by contributors at davidswanson.org. There is no way to peace. Peace is the way. Until next time.